When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Since Thursday night, we didn't do a show Friday. We had posted the J.P. Dumont show to come out Friday. But since Thursday night, I've thought about how I wanted to open this particular show today. Obviously, with the news of Rick Jenneret passing on Thursday evening, over the weekend, there have been a tremendous amount of stories told about him, memorials written about him. His old calls have been played over and over again, some of the great ones and some that we've never heard before. Thursday was a tough evening. Friday was a tough day because this is a man who meant so much to this entire franchise. And when I say entire franchise, I don't mean the people within it. I mean more the people outside of it, the fans, the ones that make the the sports world tick. And if you were a Sabres fan of any kind or any level, you probably heard this man and loved every second of listening to him call a hockey game like we did as players for this team. So it was a very sad day on Friday as everybody was starting to learn the news about Rick Jenneret. And uh, you and I had turned down many... Uh, media request to talk. We did one with our friends Shred and Reagan over at 97 Rock. The rest we just kind of let simmer because we didn't want to be be out there talking about RJ when everybody else was going to be doing it and uh, wanted to kind of let it have its time to breathe, so to speak. So I'd love to hear some thoughts on what your initial emotions were, Craig, when you found out the news on Thursday night. The only word I can say is shock. When I did find out it, there was a shock to the system. It was like, uh, you know, a wow moment, uh, sadness, just, you know, knowing RJ for the time that I've been here in, in Buffalo, which is, you know, the last 15 years, uh, he's, he is a, he is a truly, and you can't say this about everybody, right? You just can't. But he's a special person. He touched a lot of people, a lot of people's hearts. Um, probably helped a lot of people through tough times. Just listening to RJ call a game and the joyfulness and and the and the the excitement. Um, he's special, and that's why um, you know when I woke up on Friday morning, um, went on social media. We did not do a show, did not want to do a show. 
the day became tougher and tougher because things started to, you know, basically settle in. Well, people are sending, were sending me condolences notes. I'm like, listen, I'm as, I'm as sorry for everybody else as, uh, you know, I had the, I had the absolute pleasure of having some of my personal moments in, in the NHL called by him. So there's no condolences for me. There's condolences for his family and for Sabre fans who, who lost their voice. I mean, I, 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 the, the initial thought when I was told that Rick Jenner had passed away, it was kind of like, um, well, first of all, I had been given some notice in advance that he hadn't been doing very well. So I, I had kind of heard rumblings that, that Rick wasn't, you know, there, there might not be much time for him. Um, so the news wasn't overly shocking to me, but I think the reality of the news for me was it's over. 51 years of calling games and your voice being a part of a franchise and a fan base and players' lives and huge moments, not the greatest moment, but the but huge moments along the way, and it's over. And it's just kind of weird because even as his career was fading back, you always knew you kind of had him there. Six, eight, ten games a year, you knew that RJ was going to be on your TV. And I said the other day on Shred and Reagan that when RJ would do those games, I would watch them. I, we watch a lot of the Sabres games to begin with. But the ones that Rick Jennerette were doing were a little bit different because you knew the time was starting to tick out. You knew that it was it was coming to an end. All these these great calls, this love for the game, this passion for the team, the passion for the players and the fans, the desire to deliver excitement it was over. Was there was there, you know, I, again, spending basically all Friday, all of Saturday, you know, researching, you know, all his greatest calls. So many people on social media sent me um, some of his calls. Is there one that sticks out to you that just in your time, because RJ had been doing this for a very, well, very I mean, you're long not time, talking 51 a, years. You're talking to a fan that actually played for the team too, but so at the same okay, time. So is, I mean, there, is there one that sticks out Peters more is eat, Peters is eating them alive. Better get in there. The refs better get in there and help him because Peters is eating him alive. That was me slapping the taste out of Kip Brennan's mouth. I hate that. Of all the players that I played against, he's the one guy that I actually have zero respect for, but it's irrelevant, I should say. But some of my own. But, I mean, this, do you remember a few years ago when the Sabres did the uh, greatest call, RJ's greatest call? It might have been for the 50th anniversary. Yeah. And you know which one won it, right? Well, I have one that sticks in my mind that's well, glaring to me. His his best call. Um, okay, and that's and that's uh, Mayday. Yeah, that's the one. Um, to me, it's 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 awesome. It's the significance of who Brad May actually did it against, made the move against, and dangled Ray Bork, arguably one of the the greatest defensemen to ever play the game. Brad May, above all people, dangles Ray Bork and then scores one of the greatest goals 
that uh, and and finishes off one of the greatest goals ever. And and it's the call that makes the goal. I mean, it, it is just iconic. It's like Brad May is going to be in the hearts of Sabres fans for generations because of that call. I would agree. Do you know what's even greater about that play, though? When was the last time you've actually seen it? Other than the finishing point where he crosses the blue line, how many times have you seen the play as it as it evolves up the ice? Uh, there's, there's not a, a whole hit, lot. There's a hidden play on that clip that a fan pointed out to me once because we were talking about this call when I was doing the old hockey hotline show, and there's there's someone said go look at the pass that Pat Lafontaine makes to Brad May. He's on his back. And I went back and I watched it. And I'm like, without that pass, Brad May never gets the puck. So it's not like this guy picked it up on a rim down the boards and he carried it all the way down the ice and walked the whole team. Granted, amazing goal. Amazing goal. Amazing call. I'm not taking anything away from Brad May. And I know Mayday, so knowing him, he would absolutely probably say the exact same thing that I'm saying because he's a humble guy. So you watch this play by LaFontaine. Are you watching it right now? No. Okay. Well, good talk. Go check it out sometime. I remember I remember actually seeing I I'm I'm thinking about what you're saying and I remember the play. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Well, that ends that conversation. But the man he had he had tons of Listen, and here's the thing, like you know, everyone everyone wants to tell RJ stories about the stories of him. You know, uh, he's got some legendary beer drinking stories. I mean, he's got some myths that ride along the side of Andre the Giant type shit. You know what I mean? Like, this guy's got some legendary stories that you look back and you think, you, number one, you never had the balls to ask him. And number two, you never really believed, but then... Knowing RJ and hearing story after story, it's hard to not believe every story that you've ever heard. But the one thing I'll say is that this man had a heart of gold. The way the fans embraced this guy, I said this the other day at Rave on Shred Dragon. I said, I don't know of a person inside a sports franchise that is not directly associated with management or ownership that has a bigger impact and influence on the entire franchise than Rick Jenneret did on the Sabres. They tried to let him go years ago. They tried to hand it over to Dan Dunleavy years ago, and the fans weren't having any of it, and RJ knew it. Yeah. There was nobody bigger than a franchise than Rick Jenneret was who had literally nothing to do with the actual day-to-day management operations. I was having this discussion and, and, and a person told me, he's like, oh, you got to make a poll, put a poll out. And we were just having a, a discussion about Rick and what he, what he means, not only to Buffalo, but the people that ever listened to any of his games um, while watching the Sabres play maybe their team. And just enjoying the game more than the game itself, just because he is so good at at whether it's bickering at Rob Ray 
and the and the banter that he has with his uh, other commentators. Um, the question that we were talking about is who do you think is the most popular saber of all time? And when I say saber, I'm talking about management, coaches, um, you know, a color commentator, players that have played here over the years. And if you were to take a poll, where where would RJ sit? Like, who's the longest standing? I have to say, there, there's, listen, the most popular saber of all time is either Rob Ray or Rick Jenneret. Okay. What about Gilbert Perot? 17 years with one team. 1191 saber okay original saber in the franchise history sure first ever hall of famer yep absolutely Uh, a well-known player but but here's the thing ask me this go ask my 10 year old son who doesn't really know much about hockey if he knows who gilbert perot is or if he knows who rick jenneret is a lot of this generation like rick jenneret will be forever ever heard by saber fans any highlight they ever see or hear from prior to today will be a remainder a remaining time of will be Dan Dunleavy for the last few years of some of the more modern day calls and Rick Jenneret. But you go to the historical calls on this franchise and it's Rick Jenneret without question. Gilbert Perot's not in all those calls. Gilbert Perot wasn't in every single call that Rick Jenneret called in that competition. Well, it can ended- I put someone else in there then? What Pat about LaFontaine. Lindy Ruff? Well, I was I was thinking about Lindy Ruff too. I was thinking about again. Lindy I Ruff just too. go back. I go back to you know how important Lindy Ruff is to the city of Buffalo. Lindy Ruff truly loves Buffalo. This is his home in the off season. This is where he comes back to from those times when he was with the Rangers, when he was with, um, you know, Dallas and now New Jersey. But I just, I was, we were just talking about it the other day and there's no one, you know, better than the other, but Rick Jenneret has to be, God, he's got to be, you know, he's, he's iconic. He is literally iconic. 51 years of, of multiple, multiple award-winning calls. And the, and what and you go beyond the calls and you just look at the person in general. God, man, is he an unbelievable person. You know this. That, you know, you go through life and you met. You meet so many new people, so many people, but you're going to go through life where you're going to meet a very, very small select number of people that once you meet them, there's something about them that's just different than everyone else. There's something that pulls you to this person. And Rick Jenneret had that. He had that it factor that you just loved and and respected 
and the way that he treated others, even though he was like a goddamn God, he treated everybody with respect. He gave the time and that's why people love him so much. And that's why it's going to be so, uh, that's why it's still difficult. Well, I remember uh, he's he's had some health issues in the past in the booth on game days. Um, the first one that I remember was I remember back in Ottawa in my rookie year, RJ got c- carted out on a gurney just before the game. And James Patrick, I think, was on the trip. I don't think he was playing because of his neck or... He was, I can't remember why, but he wasn't in the lineup. So he went up to the booth and did the game with Jim Lorenz. So it was Jim Lorenz and James Patrick in the broadcast booth. And that was 2003. So that was 20 years ago. And, you know, he was having health concerns in the booth and everything like that. Uh, There was one. Recently, I think in recent years where I think there was something where someone had to go up to the booth and call the game as kind of an emergency to Rick. It might have been Dan. Maybe Rick was scheduled to be on, but it was Dan Dunleavy that went on. But listen, the Sabres play-by-play is in good hands with Dan Dunleavy. I think he's come a long way from when he started. I thought he was good when he started. Thought he had some kinks he needed to iron out. I'm no expert in the field, but I mean, when you're replacing a legend like RJ, it's very hard to do. It's very, very hard to do. Trust me, I I know what it's like. I know exactly what it's like. I came in here a year after Rob Ray was traded. Okay, and the expectations on someone, it starts to weigh on you because everyone, you know, remembers there aren't many Rob Rays in this league. That's why they lasted as long as they did. So to come in here and have to try to replace a legend like Razor or for Dan to come in and try to replace a legend like RJ, it's nothing but scrutiny for the first little while. No question. Mm-hmm. Because it's so different. You're It's different from what you're used to. And nobody, or sorry, sorry, I, I, I'm often accused of throwing blanket statements. Not many people like change. Especially when they're comfortable in love with it. I have. don't. I do. I don't like change at all. I, I love change. I don't like change. I will say this. And this is not because I, I know Dan. This is not because I know, uh, you know, the last number of years, Dan's been, you know, taking over a lot of games. You know, RJ stepping away, um, doing a lot less games, a lot less travel, obviously health reasons, this, that. And uh, you know what? I will say this, and I wouldn't be saying this. I wouldn't say a word if I felt that Dan sucked. I wouldn't say anything. But I will say this. I actually have enjoyed Dan's calls. I've actually enjoyed, and let me tell you, I can't even imagine. I can't, I can't imagine being Dan Dunleavy and, and trying to step into the shoes and not replace. It's not even about replacing. Just being good. So fans don't get irritated and they're like, oh man, he's no he's no Rick Jenneret or he's no this. We know that he's no Rick Jenneret. No one is Rick Jenneret. No one will ever replace that. But I will say this. The fans here in Buffalo are very lucky to have someone step in 
and 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 do great great work for the Sabers because I've really enjoyed Dan Dunleavy's calls. I and think he's done a nice job. I'd like to just add as you say this. Dan's not trying to beat replace RJ. That's right. Yeah. I know that because I wasn't trying to replace Rob Ray. I couldn't. And he can't. And he never will. And I think he knows that. I think I knew that. But I think what it comes down to is that you deliver something that the fans can enjoy. It doesn't have to be the same. The guy that followed Bob Cole, I couldn't watch him for a long time. I still don't even know his name. Still don't. No offense. He's good. He's good. But I couldn't watch for a long time after Bob Cole and Harry Neal were done with Hockey Night in Canada because those were the voices that I grew up with. Yeah. Every single night. Playoffs. I spent all my playoff years in Canada until Bob Cole. Like, I mean, so I, I understand completely what people are, are saying and how they feel. I'll say I haven't really enjoyed Dan. I've really enjoyed getting to know him, but not only that, watching him grow as a as a broadcaster. And now it's his. And it's funny. He's one of the guys that I messaged the other day. I said, you know, sorry about your loss. I know he was a, a great mentor for you on, on how to navigate through Buffalo in terms of the fans and the hockey and all that stuff. I said, but it's your show now, buddy. I'm sure the Sabres will do something, as you would say, exceptional to honor this man who dedicated his life, his entire life to this team. He has a family. He has boys and, and a daughter. I know his son, Mark. They're from Niagara Falls. They, I think RJ's from St. Catharines. So, I mean, there's a lot of ties. How to many play-by-play announcers in this league have their, ra- have their jersey in the rafters of an NHL team? Do you know? It's a great question. No, I don't know. Maybe if someone has that information, send us a tweet. I would love to know. It'd if Doc Emmerich is not in the New Jersey rafters, that's just an oversight. Because he was iconic for the Devils for years before he moved on to be with NBC. Um. He might be, but I don't remember seeing it up there. He wasn't there when I was there. He'd already moved on. So I don't know. I don't know many of the. That's the great thing. You know what's amazing? There are any play. Jeremy Roenick sent us a text the other day. Sorry about sorry about everybody's loss in Buffalo. What's amazing about RJ, and this is the interesting part, take away the national broadcast from the guys on uh, in Hockey Night in Canada and ESPN and all these guys, how many players around the league know who the play-by-play is play-by-play guy is for Nashville know who the play-by-play is for Carolina they might know who he is or because they've heard him but how many of them can actually name them and say oh I love that particular call of his or I love that particular call of his every player that ever played in the NHL knows exactly who Rick Jenner is that's not even a you ask Wayne Gretzky if he knows who RJ is he'll tell you exactly who he is Ask all these guys if they know who this guy is, and they all know. That's how iconic he is. So with all this greatness that we're talking about here, about Rick Jenneret, what? how do you think the Sabres are going to honor this guy? I mean, the French Connection, who collectively 
with all their years with the team do not add up to the amount of years that Rick Jenneret was in the franchise. They have a statue, the three of them out front. So how do they Uh, honor this? To me, statues are becoming cliche around sports. Like when Mario Lemieux retired from the Pittsburgh Penguins, like there's a street named after this man. That is a memorial. You know, like, I don't know what the streets are down there around Buffalo, but you could rename a street. You throw in a virtual play-by-play booth like they have at the Hockey Hall of Fame with all his great calls, and you can pick one, and you can go and like an interactive thing, maybe a statue. I don't know. Needs can to you done. have multiple statues? Well, if you go look at the LA around Lakers, they a, have, a building. Well, if you go look at the Lakers, the Lakers have Kobe, Shaq, but they have Shaq's one is hanging off the building where he's kind of slam dunking and he's just kind of hanging and suspended in midair. They have Kobe, they have Kareem, they have all these different play magic, obviously, all these different players, iconic players from the history of their franchise. So now granted, they have won shit tons of championships. Maybe the most in NBA history, I think, but something like that. Why? Do you think there's not enough room for another statue in Alumni Plaza? I think I think um I w- I personally as a as a former player and a fan of the game of hockey and the Sabres I would love to see a statue of RJ love it every single fan that goes to a game every single fan that goes to a game We'll get to see and look and remember RJ. And little kids that are standing there not knowing who this guy is because it's out of there. It's out of the generation. You can have mothers, fathers, grandmother, grandfather. Tell those little boys and those little girls who Rick Jenneret is. So they can actually see him in a statue form, but they get, they still get to talk about then it. Then you push a button and a play comes out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know what's amazing, too, is we say this. You remember those Super Checks bubble hockey machines? They're, they're made here in Buffalo. And they make them now with, uh, well, they've made them for years, but with RJ calling some of the goals. Well, I have the Sabres. I have one downstairs. I had it made. I had the Sabre. The Sabres are playing the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, let me tell you. All your fucking super buddies on the Habs. And you've just got Koivu. Yeah. Savage. Oh, yeah. Drinking buddies. Number two. But you got Surrey back there. I don't know. Do I have? Did you? you, Well, you were probably down there playing it with your boy that one. I didn't look at the Habs. I didn't give a shit about them. I was looking at the Sabres and I realized there was no 76 on the wing. Who do I have for the Sabres? Roy, Van, and, and just so you know, my, just so you know, my style of game is perfect to be on the left wing with that long fucking stick. You know that, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I Miller. think the, I think long sticks on the right wing, if I'm not mistaken. 
God, I got to go down there and see who's actually, all I know is 52s on both teams getting points, goals. <laughs> Not a big deal. I think you were, yeah, but you know what the problem is with that? What? Every game you lose, you're a minus. <laughs> no matter what, you're a minus. Uh, if you want to be even every game, you got to end in a tie. Um, so I think you have Roisey. I think you have Van. <laughs> I think you. Who's I got D? Miller in Nets. Yeah, of course you do. Who do you have on uh, on your? Who's your D partner? Yeah. Don't say Tyler Myers. Don't I have it. no idea. I think it. it might be Mizey. I think it might be Chris Butler. Did Chris go down and check right now? Did Chris Butler <laughs> make your fucking bubble hockey game? Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to hit pause, and you're going to run down and run back. Two things I want to see. One, how out of breath you are, and two, who your D partner is. Ready? Take your headphones off. Don't rip your on your mark. Get set. Go. I'm going to say it takes him. I don't know. He's got a big house where his bedroom is. Uh, uh, down the stairs. Loop around. He's got to take a hard right down a flight of stairs. He's gonna get to the bubble hockey machine. He's gonna look. He's probably gonna forget what he's down there for, and he's gonna turn around and run back up. And he's gonna be like, "What was he going down there for again? I can't remember." Oh, oh, my D partner. Fuck, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. All right. Any normal, healthy man would have been back by now. Knowing his house. My guess, he stopped by the fridge, grabbed a Twinkie or two. Then he's going to come back up. But he should be here by now. Just being honest. Been to his place. Craig. Craig. Okay, in order for it to take this long, ladies, here he is. He's starting to come back. Hold on, see. Completely out of breath. You're sweating. Yeah. You're supposed to say, yeah, I was watching cops. Uh, Did you I'll give you down? a guess. Did you run down? Yes. Uh, that was either very slow or your house is bigger than I thought. <laughs> so we got Derek Roy left wing. Thomas Vanek is playing on the left side with a right winger. Okay. Who's the right winger? Max. Negative. Oh. Uh, he was on our team and Tyler Ennis. You think Tyler Ennis is going to be on my bubble hockey game? Are you on crack? I don't know. He spins around the same as those guys do. Um, one of the I greatest. Did, did I play with him? Yes. One of the greatest. One of the greatest sabers. Pommen. One of the. One of the greatest. Teammates of all time. Tim Connolly. 
Is that a tease for tomorrow? Good one. Tim, I like that. Tim Connolly, a tease for tomorrow? Yeah. You want to hear an episode? You Holy hear... shit, man. You're so squirrel. It's fucking unbelievable. Well, you say I've never a... met a person who literally has ADD like you. Like, I know ADD. There's a I know big... people talk about ADD, and they sit there, and, they... and then all of a sudden, you just, like, you are, I've never seen a guy go off on different tangents. That's because it, everyone... Here's the fucking question. No, ADD. Mike Clear. Every... Everyone, everyone, everyone simply says, everyone simply says, ADD, attention deficit disorder. That's absolutely wrong. Sometimes you can mix the fucking words up for what those letters mean. Amazing, amazingly disinterested disorder is what I call it. It's not my attention that's the problem. It's fucking Stay you. And that goes for all you teachers task. out there. All you teachers out there that want to sit and look at kids oh and say you're God. ADD. She's going to look at you and say you're a brutal fucking teacher. That's the problem. Learn how to get the kids' attention. Mike Greer made the right wing? <laughs> yeah. Mike Greer made the right wing. And, uh, yes, I do have Tyler Myers playing left side. Well, that 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 there's not a better style of game than super checks to suit Mike Greer's game. <laughs> Up and down the wing, get to the corner. Yep. Big stick. Big stick, win the puck along the boards, stick out your ass, block the guy out, pass to the middle, bang it in. Yep. Montreal, I have a uh, Who's partner. on defense? Who's your D partner? That was the whole point of going down there. With Montreal? <laughs> no, because you probably got uh, the rushing guy. I do. Yeah. Andre so Markov. Who's your D partner on the Sabre side? Just told but, you. Tyler Myers. I just... Oh. Literally told you. I didn't hear that. That's interesting. I had two. Isn't he a right-handed shot? He is. So how hard was that for you or him? Uh, to play the left? Yeah. Not hard. I would prefer to play the right, but I could easily play the left. Not a no. Not a not a problem. So then, why are you so fixated on left right? Because I think defense. because I, I I believe that it's probably um maybe a little bit easier trans transition wise um receiving pucks from the point some listen I mean Rasmus Dahlin who plays who's a left handed shot who plays the right side he might prefer it I have heard of kids that play their offside on defense that prefer to play the offside offensive zone. They're receiving passes on their forehand in, and they're walking to the middle and are able to make better plays because they're, they're walking on their, on their forehand when they're going back for pucks, someone dumps the puck in, they're skating backwards. They pivot, they turn. Now they're checking their shoulders to see their options. They're picking pucks up on their forehand, right? So there are benefits. There are is clear benefits to being and playing your offside. Um, and it's just, it, it's, it's to the person. I would prefer to play on my, on my uh, strong side. Okay. So let's go there here. Then we'll go from super checks to, to current Sabres discussion. Sabres just traded away a right-hand shot defenseman in Labushkin, who they just signed as a UFA last year, traded him away for a fourth round pick. And now 
okay. Let me just let me just stay say this, and I don't like this move. I don't like this move. Um, I don't under I don't think I really understand the move because I I think you need right hand shot defensemen on this team. Um, and I also also loved the move when they signed him. I yes. loved the move until he got hurt in Edmonton. Because when he got hurt in Edmonton, he had literally murdered two or three guys in that game. Drysdale being yeah. one of them. The kid, the rookie kid, the the along the boards by the penalty box where I think yeah. he initially got hurt was the the hit that hurt him. In my opinion, uh, and I don't think he was ever given the chance to be the same player. So, you know, like the analytics uh, gurus out there were shitting on him. The people, the eye test was failing because because players like Labushkin who need their body to be as physically intact as possible to play their style of game. I don't yeah. think had that had that going for him last year. I think he was hurt. So, well, can I can I ask you this then? Uh, yeah, um, maybe what what were your thoughts uh, with uh, Stillman? When Stillman came in here, so I, like Riley, Stillman. Ri- I, li- I like Stillman right away. Riley Stillman came in here at age 25, certainly not blessed with Darlene Owen power type skills, vision. Um, he is going to be a sixth defenseman on your hockey team, on any hockey team in the NHL. He'll be your sixth defenseman at the very best. Okay. But he played a role last year. Um, he is not afraid to get physical. He uses his body um, with physical play. He made more hits um, than most defensemen all put together on the Sabres last year physically. Um, he had some massive, massive hits, and he's he's a gamer. He's, he looks like he's got some jam to his game. So my question is, what is the difference between Riley Stillman at age 25 and an Ilya Labushkin who's 29. Uh I will give you that answer right now. The difference is Anthony if I could read the card here. Uh the difference is if I'm not mistaken um uh, one's a left-hand shot, one's a right-hand shot. Yes or no? Correct. Stillman's okay. left. Yep. I know Labushkin's right. Uh, what's the other than age? Um, maybe size a little bit. Maybe an inch and twenty pounds. Um. So how how? I get that about nine hundred grand in salary, one point four in salary. I think Labushkin's like six two two oh five. Okay, so what's Stillman? Six one one eighty five. Six one one ninety six. Okay. Well, this one says one eighty five. So, and then probably about a million, a million four in salary. Yeah, a million four for basically two guys that are going to be arguably your sixth or seventh defenseman. Um. So, do you have a problem getting rid of Labushkin? And the answer is no, because you have Rasmus Dahlin. Who's going to play the right-hand side? You have Clifton, Yoki Haru, 
and um Johnson. Johnson. Yes. Johnson's here now. Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson. Sorry. 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 I forgot about him. Well, we got two Johnsons. We got a big Johnson. We have one Johnson, bud. We got a big Johnson and we got a we little have, Johnson. We have one Johnson. Okay. We have one Johnson. <laughs> um, I think it just came down to, uh, you know, financial. You have Stillman and Bryson that are both 25 years old. Uh, both on one-year deals. Uh, Riley Stillman, who's going to be, he's probably your seventh or eighth defenseman right now, battling that out with Jacob Bryson. They're just going to be utility pieces. They're going to be Band-Aids. If you have a injury to your top guys in your top six, those guys will step in. I don't think that there's a player on the Sabres roster in Darlene, uh, Matias Samuelson, Power, Clifton Johnson and Yoki Haru. Out of those six guys, there's not a guy that's going to be coming out of the lineup to put in Bryson so he can get games. I would like to believe that um, this move might be the start of another move. I guess. Uh, well, let me ask you this: Are are you comfortable? If I let's just do the first question. Where is Rasmus Dahlin going to play next year? Now, you have on on social media, people are trying to figure out and speculate and give their opinions on who is going to be playing with who. And on this roster, I can say this, that I don't have a fucking clue. I don't know if Rasmus Dahlin is going to be playing on the left-hand side or the right-hand side. I do not know who's going to be playing with Owen Power. Um, there, there's, there's questions, and we don't have the, we don't have the answers right now. I would speculate that Rasmus Dahlin and Samuelson will most likely play together. Dahlin had a breakout year. 73 points a little bit banged up uh, at the end of the year and battled through it and I think he's going to be an absolute stud and you need someone that plays with him that can eat the minutes that Samuelson does Owen Power that's the biggest question that you'll have in all of training camp is it going to be Clifton is it going to be Henry Yoki Haru okay. is it going to be Eric Johnson I but- cannot I cannot tell you who it's going to be and your third pair before I get to my next question, before I forget it. Listen, I mean is it kind of a is it kind of a mix and match or you don't know yet or what? Eric Johnson's played on the right hand side pretty much his entire career. He's 35 years old. Connor Clifton has been the six, not five. He's been the sixth defenseman on Boston since he's come in the league. Okay. Henry Yoki Haru has played as a top four defenseman, either with Rasmus Dahlin or he's played with, you know, last year he played a a tremendous amount with with Owen Power. He's played top four minutes for a a number of years. Henry Okiaharli is only 24 years old. Um, You know, I'm looking at this Anaheim team here. You think that that conversation with Kevin Adams and the GM there just went something like this? Just went, uh, hey, Labushkin for a fourth. 
and that's it. You think Pat Ver, you think Pat Verbeek only listened to that? You don't think Kevin Adams said, "What's going on with John Gibson?" Uh, I don't. Are you guys what? Do you, what's Jamie Drysdale looking at here? Could I make a swap for you? Could I could I trade our first rounder Johnson? I can't remember his first name because he's been around so long. But we now we got EJ. I don't even know who this Johnson is. What's the Johnson's name that we drafted? Eric. No, drafted from Minnesota. Ryan, you're right. Ryan. Um, what are you doing with Jamie Drysdale? What are you doing with John Gibson? What's uh, what's Max Jones' next contract going to look like? They got to sign Trevor Zegris. They have some cap space, but Zegris is going to take up half of that cap space, seven eight million. Drysdale's going to take up shit bombs of that cap space, too. Drysdale didn't play the entire year. Well, but Drysdale... Got injured in October of last year and and was out basically the entire year. He played eight games. Okay. He had 32 points the year before that. You don't think they're looking to sign him to a long-term deal anyway? Not yet. Okay. Well, he's going to get... He'll get a three-year deal. He'll get a bridge deal. Yep. Understood. He had 32 points uh, when he was 19 years old. At 20 years old, he only played eight games because he blew his shoulder out and was out for the entire season. Um, which, by the way, which, by the way, does he need a contract? Yeah. So they'll bridge him. It'll be a three-year deal. He'll probably make around four and a half million bucks. Or two. He could get a two-year deal. Try to cash in faster. Hope that he's healthy this year, next year. Get 30 points, 35, 40 points each year, cash in for six, seven yeah. million dollar long term deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'll he'll play a ton. He is literally the franchise. They have Jamie uh, Drysdale. They have Cam Fowler, who's 31, who used to be their franchise. Um, they have Raku Gudis, who they just signed, beefy media uh, right defenseman. They just picked up Ilya Labushkin, beefy Edie, uh third pair defenseman. Uh, Robert Hag, they have. He was a former uh, Sabre for a short period of time. Um, and then they have another uh, Jackson uh, Lacombe, 22 years old. He was a, he was a second-round draft pick. Yeah. I mean, Drysdale is everything for that team. But going back to the Sabres, I, 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 don't, I don't have any idea whatsoever because Connor Clifton, I don't. I think that he's probably going to give an opportunity to play in the top four. I would think. Maybe it's going to be. Maybe it's going to be um, Yoki Haru again. There's your top four. Your your fifth, sixth defenseman are Clifton and Johnson. So but we don't year, know. Is this year the Yoki Haru experiment? Man. To find out if he's. If he's the guy, if he's truly the guy. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just say this again. When I go back and I look at what the Sabres have done and what everybody else around them has done, and we're talking about trying to make the playoffs I'm freaking nervous, man. 
I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be that guy, but I'm nervous. You know, New Jersey, I think, is 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 going to be a top team. Carolina, Toronto, the Rangers, Tampa Bay is always going to be there because of their star power, defense, and goaltending. I mean, have we got better? Have we got better? No, I don't think that we've got significantly better. Um, Florida has, Pittsburgh has, Ottawa has, Detroit has. Those teams have gotten better. I just don't know if we have enough, and I don't know if we have the makeup because we don't have identities on the Sabres. We have four lines that basically are somewhat all the same and play all the same. No, the Sabres identity. You know what the Sabres identity is? This is their identity in a nutshell. This is how they are viewed around the league. Got a a lot of good young talent. It's not good. It's it's great. Sorry. sorry. Great young talent. Let's give it the respect, right? Okay. I apologize. I I wasn't trying to be a dick. I was just just kind of generalizing the statement is it doesn't come down to wow they're a great team doesn't come down to wow they're they're going to be tough to beat doesn't come down to wow they're going to be tough to play against it doesn't come down to wow their coaching is exceptional it doesn't come down to they have unbelievable goaltending it doesn't come down to they have got six defensemen that are fucking trucks they it doesn't come down to they've got 12 unbelievable forwards and great depth comes down to one thing we've got a lot of great young talent and a lot of draft currency a lot of young prospects. That's what the Sabres are right now. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the Sabres have an insane amount of draft uh, currency. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you if what I said to you is accurate with their identity. I think, I think yes. I think that is that is the case. I think, um, I think this team has the ability to beat anybody. I think they can beat anybody in the National Hockey League. I also feel that when games become tougher, the Sabres are going to struggle a little bit. And the reason for it's not due to lack of talent. It's not going to do to the dynamic offensive skill skill set of the players, these young stud players on this team. I think they're going to lack in maturity. I think they're going to lack maybe in some leadership. Caloposo and Zemgus Gergensen can only do so much. You need to have a collective group, and I'm. I, I know they're growing. I know they're getting older. Alex Tuck is uh, is not a spring chicken. He's he's become. You know what is he? Twenty six. He's a hell of a hockey player. Will take a bigger role. Um, that being said, I I will say this that I don't think, and I and I love their top three defensemen. Like I mean, I would put those top three up against most in in the NHL. It's to figure out cap-wise, money-wise, what does my four, five, and six 
defensemen look like. I still think that they're trying to tinker on that. Yoki Haru has a one-year deal. Um, Johnson has a one-year deal. Clifton, I like Clifton. He's going to be a third-pair defenseman. He's not a top four. Never will be. But he'll he'll he is a really good player. And I'm, I, I think they did a great job by signing him to a three-year deal. I like him. Then you have goaltending, which is which is a massive, massive question mark going into a season where a team has missed the playoffs for 12 years. Okay. They've done the right things. They've done the right things in the last couple of years. But you're now now going into the season with an absolute massive question mark. Not only with, you know, you can sit there and say, well, you know, yeah, there's no backup. You know, uh, we have Ukapek Lukanen and, uh, you know, he was he was okay last year, but he wasn't great. What about oh. Levi? We don't know anything about Levi. We watched him play seven games. Okay? Making, we're making now, a decision now, on. Now we're going down. Now we're going down this path. And it's just, it's, it, and we, cause, because we brought up the, the word identity. Like, would you say the Ottawa Senators, who finished behind the Sabres last year, have more of an identity than the... 100,000 per... And that's not only do they have an identity, they went out and signed, you know, a Tarasenko. You know, they're going to have, which is a massive... Josh Norris, who's their number one center. You could probably put him at number two now that Tim Stutzel has evolved into the player that he has you have Jonas Corposalo number one goaltender bar none coming in helping out he is going to be a huge number one goaltender for them they go and pick up Jacob Truba I mean they're doing things that you can start to see an identity with their team Back end, they are, you know, the 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 bottom forwards, Zach McEwen. Okay. Zach McEwen played, you know, a, a few years all over the place. He was in Vancouver, he was in Philly, played in LA. He's a tough kid. He's a tough kid. He's an up and down, all just a physical presence. He's a big kid. Wow. You can see that they the 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 style that they want to play. Ottawa looks like a team that wants to play a little bit more smash mouth hockey, where the Sabers want to roll four lines, and and I don't disagree with that. The Sabers want to roll four lines with skill, because to me, their fourth line is not a whole lot different than a second line. It's not more physical. It's not more defensive. Maybe the first, second, third lines have some more dynamic offensive players on them, but Sabres' fourth line is still a pretty damn good line. The identity of the team is still up up in the air. Good players on the fourth line. Stylistically, could be an issue, but we'll see. Time will tell as the the most uh, obvious cliche will hopefully not hold true rest in peace rj miss you already